I want to start with a line that shows up in a well-known parasha. The line is very hard to figure out. But on this page, it's even hard to see. In Parshat Shoftim, which uh, the second part, the end of Parshat Shoftim is about war, about going to war, so if you besiege a city for a long time, you should not cut down its trees. You're going to eat from there, so don't cut it down. Which, on one hand, sounds like practical advice, which means you may be here for a long time, and these fruit trees may be what you're going to live off of. On the other hand, it may be a bit of musar, as many Rishonim read it, saying that you are eating from this tree, so, as we say, or don't bite the hand that feeds you, um, and in the same way, don't cut down the tree that's been feeding you. So it may be a bit of musar. It kind of depends where in the, when in the process you're talking about. And then the phrase, that's the key phrase here, which got blotted out, is right, which literally translated, how they translated here? For, is the tree of the field man. Uh, that's a weird syntax. So, so many people read it the way they translated here as not a statement but a rhetorical question. Is man like a tree? That he's going to stand in front of you in a matzor, meaning the tree he doesn't have the opportunity to run away or anything else, unlike a man. Which means we're going to treat trees, if you will, kinder than man. Because man's going to run away, but the tree just can't move, has to sit there, so why knock him down? And then, So it's the sidious tree you could cut down. Then you could build a matzor. Matzor is typically built up with a battery, which means building up sort of ramparts against the city. And then you sit up there and you look down on them and you make them feel all cowed and like that. But this phrase, which is our justification for doing this today on Tu Bishvat, um, is understood in multiple ways because it's a very obscure kind of phrase and an enigmatic meaning. So I want to show you the Sifri here. The Sifri is the Midrash Chachami, Midrash Halacha on Devarim. says as follows, source number two. Ki Adam melamed shechayav shel Adam enam elamin ha'ilan. You live from the tree. Which is odd because a tree is really it's almost the last thing. In other words, Adam Arishon was a vegetarian, evidently, which meant he both could eat from the tree, but also vegetation and grains and legumes and everything else. And then, if we're ready to eat animal byproducts, whether they be uh, fish or meat or eggs or milk, whatever it is, that's not from a tree. So this phrase is kind of strange. Rabbi Yishmael Omer, Mikan chasam akom ilan. And now we see, Yishmael's lesson is, that we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu is concerned about the welfare of fruit. And now, if the tree that could produce more fruit, and God said don't cut it down, he has concern for the fruit themselves. It's a very strange phrase. In other words, we're supposed to be careful with the food that comes off of the tree. Because if God says you have to be careful to protect the tree itself, which can produce more fruit, and certainly the fruit itself. However, what's God's protection of the, fr- of the tree? Don't cut it down. Well, if you cut it down, there is no more fruit. So the reasoning is a little bit tortured. But the connection here 
of identifying fruit trees as being sort of essential for man's existence may help uh, explain a very famous mashal in Tehillim. That's really I want to put the focus. And that is source three. Source three is a well-known mizmor. It's a well-known mizmor, unfortunately, because when do we usually recite this mizmor? Source three. When is it usually? When do you usually hear it? At a funeral, right? Um, but it's the first parak of Tehillim. So I'd like to study it together, because trees are prominent in this in this uh, in this mizmor. I'd like to study and try to understand what it was being said. Perhaps it will also shed light on a, a passage that we all know part of, but not the other part of, uh, in your meow, which is on the back page. And that may even lead us to a very well-known passage in another parak of Tehillim. But along with that, I'd like to examine this as not just a parak of Tehillim, but as the first parak of Tehillim. Right? So let's take a look at the parak. Let's make sure we understand what all the words mean and what's going on, and then we'll try to put it together. Ashrei <clears throat> Ha'ish. Now, what does that mean, Ashrei Ha'ish? Happy is the man. So let's step back for a second and ask the following question. What is Tehillim? Because if I ask you, what is Breshit, you'll tell me Breshit is for the most part narrative. That's the story of humanity up until the tribe goes down to Mitzrayim. Right? If I ask you, what's Vayikra, it's mainly a law book. Right? What is Tehillim? Well, it's kind of David's Kohelis in a sense. Some of it is supplications, thank you for rescuing me. Some of it is um, advice, things that he learned along the way. Which words advice? Um... Maybe I'm not using the word advice right, but it's like, well, even this, Ashraish, happy is the man. We'll get to that. But in general, what's Tilim? And I would not say David's, because much of Tilim is. is, But what is Tilim? Tilim is a collection of prayers. Prayers. The prayers could be supplication, prayers could be appreciation, the prayers could be reflective, like looking at history and using that as an opportunity for prayer, such as Ayn Chet and Kufay. The prayers can be, prayer, can be, it's all prayer in, in a general sense, and that's what we call it, Sefer Tehillim or Tehillot. Generally praises, but there's a lot of other kind of prayers in there. However, as Jason pointed out, it, it's not limited to prayer. Meaning that there are a few <coughs> prakim, not a lot, a few prakim in Tehillim, which we would identify or classify as wisdom literature. A wisdom literature, which is all of Kohelet, which is the bulk of Eov, which is almost all, just about all of Mishlei, it's what Mishlei is, and is various passages here and there in other parts of Tanakh, are not prayerful, they're not a dialogue with God, they're not a narrative, they're observations about life. It is better to do this than to do that, Kohelet Zion. All is for naught, Kohelet Aleph. There's a time for everything, Kohelet Gimel. Right? Um, um, a soft response can quiet anger, Mishle. Right? Uh, and these are observations about the world which might be good advice, they might be ethical directives, they're not legal, they're not certainly not narrative and not prophetic. And we understand them to be done with Ruach HaKodesh, and that's why they're in Tanakh, but they're not prophetic in the nature of saying this will happen or something of that sort. So anytime you see the word Ashrei, it's already Safrut HaChokhmah. It's already wisdom literature. Because what is Ashrei doing? Happy is somebody who does this. Which means if you don't do that, you're miserable. Right? Yagiyah Kapapa Parak Tehillim Kuf Which is one of the wisdom 
Tzir Psalms. If you eat of the fruit of your own hands, you will be happy and it will be good for you. Right? That's advice. Work off your own labor. Right? And you'll be happy. Okay? Right? Happier people who dwell in Hashem's house. Okay, this is observation. So this is a piece of wisdom literature, but it's a little bit odd because it was placed, we don't know who organized Tehillim. But it was placed as the first chapter, which is odd because you'd think that the first chapter of a book that is overwhelmingly prayer would start out with a prayer. Instead, it starts off with Safrut HaChochmah. So let's take a look at it. Ashrei Aish, Asher lo halach be'atzat rishayim, uv'derach hataim lo amad, uv'moshav litzim lo yashav. So what are these three things that a person's being, not praised for, but suggested? You'll be happy if you don't do these things. What are they? Stay away from bad stuff. Stay away from bad stuff. But it's given as a sequence. <coughs> Meaning, there is such a thing as walking at the counsel of the, the wicked, which means that either the wicked are advising you to do something and you listen to them, or you're following them, going after the trend, which is Rasha. Derachataim lo amad. What's that mean? What's the path of the Chataim? What is that? It's just being around them. It's being around them, but why is it called Derech Chataim? It should be Ma'amad Chataim, standing around with them. What's Derech Chataim, Ma'amad? That's their path. So their path is going, even Ma'amad, even to stand in their path. You'd think standing in their path might be blocking their stream. No, standing in their path means you're in their path. And you'll very likely get swept up in the path. <coughs> and what's the next thing? <coughs> now, Leitzim is an interesting character. Because what is a Leitz? So we're familiar, perhaps, with the extended word Leitzan. What's a Leitzan? What? A clown, right? Leitzan, these days, is a particularly popular character from uh, It. You know? But a Leitzan, a Leitz, actually, in Tanakh, is a scoffer, a scorner. Yeah. And it's somebody who, every time that somebody gets excited about something, what? So not angry, but like negative. Mm, yeah, but it's more than that. It's when somebody, anytime somebody gets excited about something, somebody gets positive about something, somebody gets emboldened to do something, it's like, ah, come on, you know, it's kind of a cynic, and makes fun of it, and takes all the wind out of your sails. So it's interesting that that seems to be the culmination of it all. <laughs> he didn't walk in the Atzat Rishayim, meaning he doesn't seem to follow the trend of the Rishayim. And by the way, this is the first Pasuk in all of Tehillim. <coughs> and he doesn't stand in the derech of the Chataim. Which would mean they would say, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do the right thing. But I'll do it in the presence of the Chataim. <coughs> you can't do that because you're going to end up going with him. And what's the next thing that will happen? Moshav <laughs> Litzim lo yashav. <coughs> so if you didn't sit with Moshav Litzim, what's Moshav Litzim? People, but you got people sitting around who are just putting everything down. Which is the pinnacle of, of wickedness. Think about that. So now, all we're being told is happy is a person who doesn't do A, B, or C. Great. Now what? So you've got to have a sukbet. Ki'im. What does Ki'im mean? Rather. What is his real desire? What is drives him? Torah Hashem. Uv Torah Tov Yehegei Yom What does that mean? 
He'll involve himself. He had actually in We talked about this a few times. It means to speak. He'll He'll speak of Torah all the time. Now, Torato. What's Torato? Torah Hashem, Torato. What's Torato? So beautiful Gemara and Kiddushin. Uh, ask the question. Can a Rav be Mochel as Kavod? A father can be Mochel as Kavod. A father can say to his kids, you don't have to stand up when I walk in. A father can get up to get his own glass of water when his kids don't say, hey, sit down, you're doing your homework, I'll get the water. Right? You can do that. Can a Rav be Mochel as Kavod? Yes. So the Gemara originally suggests not. Why? Because what? where is your Kavod coming from? Because your Kavod is coming from because your kids are honoring you or your students are honoring you that you represent Torah. Torah is not yours to be and then they use this pasuk to prove that he can. Why? Meaning, the Torah becomes your Torah. And it's your own kavod that you're doing mocha. Torah to now becomes not his gods, but rather his, the guy. Beautiful. But that's not pshat. Some of pshat is Torah to is God's Torah. But why does the, why does the pasuk repeat itself? Why doesn't it say, Ki'im b'torat Adonai cheftso, and he engages in it. Why say uva torato? So you have to, you have to think about it. That we in the first pasuk we were talking about three stages on the road to perdition, trending along with the shayim, standing around with the chataim, sitting with the leitzim. But in the road to greatness, there's also two steps. Not it's not one step. There's two steps. There's B'Torat Hashem Chepzo and there's Uva Torah Toh Yegeyom What does Torah Hashem mean? Torah of God which means what component of Torah is driving you? Fear. Fear maybe? The laws. The letter of the law. Oh good. So let's think about the difference between Torah Hashem and Torah Toh. I, I would just to answer your question I, mean, I would interpret this as the first, the first step is you follow the letter of the law and you just do what Follow the law. Right. And by, by, uh, uh, Sarasa Yaga Yom Balaila. Right. It's, it's not just the actual letter of the law, but you're surrounding yourself every moment of the day by, by walking in the way of Hashem and beyond the 613. Very good. Saying, and not only am I going to do exactly what it says, but I'm going to engage myself constantly. I'm not just going to eat this and say, but I pray it's first. I'll actually say, well, wait a second, dates, figs, which comes first? And I'll think about it. actually makes it the obverse of the first sentence. Right, because? Because the first sentence is going from walking down to sitting, and your explanation is sort of going from sitting. Exactly, so it's, it is the, what you call the obverse, <laughs> right, and, and uh, of the direction. Yeah. Question. Yeah. What is, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a meditative. In, my, in rabbinic Hebrew, in biblical Hebrew, means to speak. Right. So, what's the contrast between chutzpah and yagah? Oh, good. So, that I think takes us to a, a different split than the one I suggested, which is, I think, another possibility is the Torah Hashem meaning I'm drawn to it because it's God's Torah, and over Torah to and I speak about it day and night because. I'm also in love with the instructions themselves. In other words, I'm drawn to it because it's Torah Hashem, 
and I speak of it day and night because of my engagement and love for the Torah itself as Torah. But either way, you're right. This is creating a very clear positive-negative, very clear distinction between the Rasha, who walks and stands and then sits with the Leitzim, and this person who engages and then maybe takes it with him, as you said, and moves it further out. So the distinction between the Tzaddik and the Rasha here is very clear. Now notice, we're not distinguishing between the Tzaddik and the Rasha. We're saying happy is the person who doesn't do A, but rather does B. I mean, is there a way to read this second passage that like um, body and mind in the sense that I don't well see I just that. read this week about the 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 assertive uh, that the first one is a state of belief which is I believe in God and that the last one is the coveting which is again it's not a physical action it's a it's a mental state right and then all Here the words in between are the manifestation of those well levels. just the words so <laughs> means your desire right and Yehageh is talking about speech so the different two different motivations here. And like Robert pointed out, it goes in the opposite direction. Here it starts with the person sits and they have a tremendous love and desire for Torah Hashem, and then they actually act on it by speaking of it day and night. Right? They're not speaking cynically and scoffingly, the opposite, they're speaking Torah day and night. But they're not doing it, that's the problem. That's the, this is not, no, it's not talking about doing anything. It's talking about well, speaking. Well, the first one is, is doing halal, but that's doing No, that's what you're not doing. But the Pasuk Bet is not talking about doing. It's talking about thinking and meditating okay. and, and, and connecting emotionally and spiritually. And now the description, which brings us to two Bishadim, <coughs> Who's this guy? This guy is the Tzaddik. Meaning the guy who didn't go with that Tzaddik and this is the guy who's connected to Torah Hashem. Then what will he be? He'll be Ke'etz Shatul Al Like a tree that's planted by by the riverbanks. Now, why is Shatul al-Palgemayim such an appealing image? Let's keep going and we'll see. Asher piryoyitain b'ito. So what happens? It gives its fruit in the proper time. Ve'alehu lo yibol. And the leaves never wither. V'chol Meaning, everything he does is successful. Now, was, I left in the black. I didn't put it in the green of the, the tree color. The question is, is that accurate? So let's take a look at the whole phrase. This guy will be like, and now we're using a simile of a tree, and how far are we going to take it? He will be like an eitz shatul al palgemayim. He's planted next to source of water. Why is that an appealing image? It's Constantly what? Nourished or nourishing? This is both. This is both. He's constantly nourished because he's on the banks of a river. And he's constantly nourishing because his fruit is always giving out in time. And even if his leaves never, never, don't wither. Now why is his leaves don't wither an important piece of the simile? Be, because what? It's timeless. And what is it that I think back to the famous story in Masachat Tanit, Ilan Ilan right? What is it that you get from a tree? You. What do you get on a hot January day from a tree? You get food and you get shade. So this tree will always give its fruit in its proper time and will always have leaves there that will give you shade. 
Now, how does that connect in the nimshal? How does that collect, connect to the fellow who is to- totally engaged in Torah? What are the peirot? What's the water? What are the leaves? What do we think? And this is wide open. There's no right answer. What do you think? Is the water, though, separate from the fruit and the leaf? Because sure. the water produces the fruit and the juice. I know, but where is he getting his nourishment from? From the water. What is the nourishment he's giving out? The fruit and the leaves. So what's the water? Yeah. Water is Torah, throughout Tanakh. Right? That's a consistent thing in my Mela Torah. What's the fruit, though? What's the fruit? Wisdom. Wisdom. What else, possibly? Mitzvot. Mitzvot. Good. Maybe students or children, right, that are being produced. And then what's the, what are the leaves? Because what do leaves do in the mashal? As a tree, what do leaves do? Shelter. They protect, the shelter. So what does that have to do with this guy? He's he is getting protection or giving protection? Getting. Except that it's his leaves. So I'd like to suggest that a, somebody who's really Davek Torah, and hopefully you've met people like that. I've had this to meet people like that. People who are really Davek Torah, people who are really just totally wrapped up in Torah. There's lots of fruit. There's lots of great things they do. But there's also lots of great protection they give because they give good advice. They give good advice. And it's sage advice that will help protect you. I'm not advocating anything <coughs> akin to rabbi worship <coughs> this job or not. Should I, you know, go out with this girl? I'm not talking about that. But serious advice about serious things that you actually talk to somebody who understands you. I don't mean some guy you never met who, you know, finds out your name, does a gematria, and tells you what to do. I don't mean that. I'm talking serious stuff. <clears throat> but anchored with that kind of wisdom, that's what he can do. And then kol asher could be interpreted one of two ways. Either it means we've moved away from the simile, and we've said, this guy, who's always davik Bashem, whatever he does is going to be successful. Or, it's still the tree. The tree will always be successful, whatever it does. Now, there's a line that I use that, unfortunately, is hard to read on here, but it's a pasuk in Yishayahu, which is a beautiful pasuk that has been used many times in proto-Zionist and Zionist literature and slogan, sloganism, I guess, um, over the past hundred plus years, which is a pasuk in Yishayahu that says, Ki kimei ha'etz yimei ami. The beautiful image. Because you think about it, in California, we can really appreciate this. How old are trees? We have trees that are here since before. This is, there were trees that were planted when the Beit HaMikdash was standing. Trees in California, they were planted when the Beit HaMikdash was standing. It's quite impressive. You have redwoods up north that are 2,000 years old. But there's more to it than that. Because you could just say, my nation is here for a long time. Why Because this is what this nation should be like. This model that we're reading here about the individual person who is chafetz b'torat Hashem is really what the nation should be like. It should be a nation that's always planted next to water. It's always getting its nourishment from Torah and always producing perot and always offering that kind of protection and being successful at everything it does. 
But now we take a look at the next pasuk, and we see that we again have to go to the obverse, the the contradistinction, which is lochein harishayim. Now, who are the rishayim? The guys who did pasuk one. So we're going to stay with the mashal and say kiim kamotza shetifanu ruach. What are they like? Because the tzaddikim are like trees that are firmly planted by the water, nourishment, etc. What are the Rishayim like? They're like husk. Bran on top of grain. The wind blows away. Now notice the difference. One of the key differences here is rootedness versus rootlessness. Anchored in the ground next to a source of nourishment and just being easily blown away. And now we come to the denouement of this whole parak. Al kein lo yakumu rishayim ba mishpat v'chataim badat sadikim. Now the word al kein is a little bit out of place because it means therefore. As a result of this, this is true. But there's nothing in the first four psukim that give us pasuk five, which is therefore rishayim cannot stand up in mishpat, and sinners cannot stand with the sadikim. How does that flow from there? So you have to look at the last pasuk. Ki What's the reason? What does yodea here mean? So when we talk about yodea in human context, it's knowledge. You have information. When we talk about Hashem being yodea, it means there's a relationship. says Amos. Hashem says, you're the only nation that I've known. God knows everybody. But I have a relationship with you, an intimate relationship with you. Of course, it comes to mind. God pays attention to the tzaddikim. Tzaddikim are close to God. There's what we call hashkacha there. What's the very worst thing that God can do to you? Ignore you. That's what he does to the Rishayim. In other words, the Rishayim are like the brand that gets blown off in the, in the wind. They're just gone. So put all this together. Now the question is, what's the proper structure of this parak? What is it we're supposed to be doing? Because you could argue, and some have argued, the first three psukim are about the tzaddikim, the next three are about rishayim. That's not true at all. Uh, Nechama suggested that this parak should be understood as um, um, one pasuk vav as being sort of on top of a pyramid. That the ultimate goal of this whole thing is the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to the tzaddikim as opposed to the rishayim, and that underneath that you have the two psukim about the rishayim being unable to stand there, and above that, the below that is the base is what the tzaddikim are. But that also doesn't seem to fit. So, uh, Professor Yonatan Yaakov's made a suggestion, a shir I heard eight years ago, I think, um, that I think is very appealing. He said, really, what we have here is three couplets. What are the t- first two psukim about? First two psukim are the distinction between the acts of the Rishayim and the acts of the Tzadikim. What are the next two psukim about? The simile in the world of botany. What the Tzadik is like, unlike the Rasha. And what are the last two psukim about? About back to reality, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with the Rasha and the Tzadik. So why is this here? Why is this passage here? I want, I'm going to steal two minutes and just, I want to show you one other thing because the passage is very well known. If you turn the page. 
If you turn the page. Yumiyahu Yud Zion. This is the Haftarah we read on Parshat B'chukotai when it's not Erev Rosh Chodesh Tzivan. I think sometimes it comes out. Korom Radonai. Arur HaGevra Shivtach Ba'adam. Besam Basar Zro'o. Cursed is a man who trusts in man and puts his strength in the arm, in the strength. He forgets about God. What kind of person will this be? And now we're getting, I believe this is Yirmiyahu's Parshanut on our parak. He'll be like a lonely bush, or maybe even a cactus plant out in the desert. Or, Shadal says, meaning a uh, a lone willow. He won't be there to see the good come. What's the good for any plant? Water. He won't be there for it. He'll end up living, being, ending up alone in the desert. Like a salted land, a place where nothing can grow. What's the obverse, the inverse of that here? Baruch HaGever as opposed to somebody puts human strength as his pillar here he puts Hashem as his pillar what's he like? he'll be like somebody who's planted next to water does that sound familiar? his roots will go out into the into the healthy earth now notice the first guy won't see the rain this guy won't see the heat this guy will not see when the hot days come his leaves will always be fresh he won't be afraid during a famine he'll always be making prerot it sounds exactly like our guy in, in this parak. And this distinction is something that leads us to the last passage I want to show you very quickly. You all know the passage at the end of Perak Tzadibet. Tzadik katamar yifrach. And here the Meshorer uses a similar example of a tzadik being like a tree. But which tree? The date tree. Ke'erez balvanon And will be as high as the erez. What's the erez? The cedar. And there's two trees consistently through Tanakh. The tamar as being the one that has broad leaves and gives fruit, and the eras as being tall and strong. And where are they? Shetulim b'veit Adonai, which probably refers to olive trees. What does that mean? Even b'seva, even in their old age, they will be yinuvun. They'll be giving fruit. They will be fresh and fat. They'll be giving, even in their old age. Now, what you've seen here in three different passages in the Parak of Tilim, which is our main focus in the short passage in Yirmiyahu Yud Zayin and this passage of Tilim Tzadibet is the simile between a man and a tree because a tzaddik is compared to a tree which does all sorts of things it is always near places, places of nourishment it always is able to give perot out because it's proximity to nourishment and it also provides a pillar of strength and security. What's the Rasha like? Like a tumbleweed that gets knocked around. That is all isolated. And it doesn't provide anything for anybody. Now, the last question is, why is Parak Aleph of Tehillim Parak Aleph of Tehillim? 
the character we spent most of this year studying, Ashrei Aish, why is that the beginning of Tehillim? Tehillim should really start off with Hallelujah. should start off with praise. Mizmor the David. Lamnatseach, Mizmor the David, Yamcha, Adonai, Miyam Tzorai. That would be a great one to start with. Right? And some more shuls that say, let's start with Shavmala, because that's what they know. Why is it starting with Ashrei Aish? So I like to suggest the reason is because what, and I'm not the only one to make the suggestion, is Tehillim really begins with Mizmor the David, Bevachom, Neav Shalom, Beno, which is Parakimel. That's the first real supplication that exists. The first real praise that exists. What's Parak Aleph? Parak Aleph is a description of the individual who gets to say Tehillim. Meaning, the individual who has God's ear. What do we say near the very end of Tehillim? Karov Adonai Lechokarav. What's the rest? Lechokarahu Vemet. So what are we saying at the beginning? We're defining. You want to come in and say Tehillim? Let's make sure this is who you are. What's Perak Bet about? If you look at Perak Bet, you'll see it's a somewhat similar image, but on a national instead of personal plane. And Perak Gimel really opens up the Tehillim. And man, who is the solid tree planted by the river, who is anchored next to Torah and constantly giving fruit and giving shelter, is the one who can also turn to God with his pleas, and Yodea Adonai Derech Tzadikim, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu will listen.